Welcome back to Six Pennies Podcast. This is Mock. Got all six pennies here today. Albie and Timmy, how are you guys doing? What's hey up, you? guys? Yeah. It has been a while, and I have recently, in the past 10 minutes, suffered some technical difficulties, but we are all together here now, and we're ready to talk about kind of the movie of the summer. Uh, we talked about it briefly in our last oh, episode. Oh, yeah, Mission Impossible time. <laughs> Searching. Uh, not quite Tom Cruise, uh, but... We're going to be talking about Crazy Rich Asians. Ooh. Yeah, this was a big one. Uh, all three of us are obviously Asian and a little crazy, a little rich. Uh, so this movie should have hit home pretty hard for both of us, for all three of us. But let's go through it. Uh, first of all, I think we have to start with kind of a requisite spoiler warning uh, or spoiler alert. So at this point, if you haven't seen the movie or read the book or, or done all of the above... You're probably not a very good Asian, but I have to preface this whole podcast by saying that we are going to be sharing some spoilers from the movie and the book. So if you haven't gotten a chance for whatever reason to watch the movie, uh, now is the time for you to pause it and just go to the theater right now or or go download it. Or I probably shouldn't tell you to download it, but go watch the movie first and then come back and and listen to this discussion. All right. And if if they're Asian, they're probably going to download it. (laughs) <laughs> that's really not, low quality, that's really not what low they want to hear. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's start with some stats. Uh, I know both of you... Love stats. Love stats, right? Uh, so as of right now, it's now the sixth highest grossing rom-com in history. Wow. So wow. yeah, it, was, it had a really large opening weekend. People thought it would fall off the map a little bit, uh, but it kept hitting home. So next couple weekends the whole month was really extraordinary really good seeing you know all the asians and really non-asians showing up to the theater and showing their support uh do you guys have any guesses as to what the top five are ahead of crazy rich agents right now wait is that like an adjusted number or is it like the raw dollars let me see i think it's top grossing unadjusted for inflation ah unadjusted because i i thought always like the answer for these types of questions is like gone with the wind or casablanca or something because after you adjust then those are like insane yeah, but this is this is last 10 years he said last 10 years last 10 years oh i thought you said ever Sorry. oh okay yeah i, I did say ever but i meant ever. last um so what top... does that mean in, okay in okay the last hold on 10 years is the sixth highest ever uh last it's 10 the years sixth is highest the sixth ever highest. ever what? ever ever <laughs> i knew it all right, so what do you think is in the top five? In the last so 10 years? With, it's or... not gone with no, the wind ever, Casablanca? Ever, ever, ever. Forget 10 years. Ever, ever, ever. Oh. Oh, I see. It's a, it's, oh, I see. It's a top grossing rom-com in, the la- in 10 years, period. And in right. history, it's at it's sixth. Got it? Yes. Okay. That's hard. What's a rom-com? It's pretty difficult. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. How do they classify it? Like, is it... Like my best friend's wedding or Jerry Maguire. Just to let you know, yeah, those would probably all qualify. So the span goes from 1990 to 1990 2005. That so makes up the top with, five. So it starts with like you've got mail. Yeah, you've got Seattle. mail for sure. Then sleepless in Seattle. I no, I don't. I don't think in terms of grossing that those would be that that high up there. Um, I feel like it's something more recent. Uh, that, love, um, love, actually, more love actually. Love actually. Love actually. No, that's not on there. So I'll give you guys one official guess each. Okay, this is my official guess. 2005, it has to be Hitch. 
Yes, sir. Number Whoa. three of all time. Wow. One hundred seventy-nine million. Well, I'll go with Jerry Maguire. Jerry did not make the list. No. Okay, so number five on the list is there's something about Mary, and Ooh. Crazy Rich Asians is creeping up. It's ten mil behind right now, and then it's Pretty Woman, which was nineteen ninety. Uh, and then What Women Want is number two. Mel oh, Gibson. Number one, I could probably give you guys like fifty guesses. You probably would never come up. Can with you me. can you give us one of the actors in it? Uh, and sync. And sync. I don't know. Like the whole band? Is, uh, no, I don't know one of one of the guys from N Sync. Oh, Justin. Yeah, it's uh, my big fat Greek wedding. I couldn't give you the real N Sync guy. They would have given. Oh, me. oh, oh. Yeah, so my big factory wedding is number one. It kills it, like two hundred forty-one million. Nothing else even reaches one eighty-five. I, that's pretty insane. It's the yeah. international money. Pops to them. This no, is this domestic. is domestic. This, this is, is domestic, all domestic. Right? Wow. Is Did it... you guys ever watch the sequel to my big factory wedding? Because no. it's not good. <laughs> it's bad. I had no, to I didn't it know they had one. Wow. I think it's on Netflix or something. You should check it out. Okay. So at this point. Uh, I probably should have clarified this before we started, but you guys have both seen the movie, correct? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I watched it. I watched it opening weekend. I thought we were into it. Oh, that's, that's right. Opening weekend. Okay. Oh, so you, been like so six Timmy, you just watched it last weekend? <laughs> <laughs> so let's rewind back. Uh, try to rewind back in your mind to before you watched the movie. What were your kind of pre-movie thoughts about what the movie would be about? Super be negative. Like? Super negative. Um, wasn't expecting much. Was just what what caused the super negative perception? Was just overhyped by ninety percent of my timeline and Facebook. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Timmy, what about you? Well, I, I think I didn't really have expectations because I saw it earlier, so I didn't really see much in terms of timeline or other people. I saw some reviews saying that it was you know it was done really well, so I was I was hoping it would be good, but wasn't expecting much of anything. Okay. So for me, I'm kind of in the same boat as Albert. Uh, probably not quite all the way on the at that end of the spectrum in terms of being turned off for the movie. But I did end up borrowing the book from a friend, and I read the book before I watched the movie, and it was honestly one of the worst books I've ever read. Uh, so those were my thoughts going in. I thought for sure it had to be the book – the movie had to be better than the book, but I still wasn't expecting too too much. So, well, what about? No, go ahead. Hold on, hold on. How much? Uh, do you know other people who have read the book who enjoyed it? Because um, yeah, Karen read it and she she liked it. Yeah, kind of the consensus, not consensus, but most people enjoyed the book. I, I don't know. I just is this I both it. males and females? Uh, primarily females. What about yeah, from it? What, I've, what about from what the I've book? Heard, did you it's, hate it's mostly so much? been mostly been girls that have that have liked it and i think it's tailored a little more towards um the female taste yeah we'll kind of get into it a little more later kind of book versus movie but what about immediately after the credits rolled what were your immediate post-movie reactions i i thought it was pretty good i i didn't think it was incredible or anything i i understood why people thought it was a really important movie for asian americans why it was um you know heralded as being like like a good film but i didn't think it was like the best or anything honestly i was still uh pretty trying to wipe away the tears from the from the scene with the ring it's just some tears just just kidding (laughs) no 
no, but it, it was that you know parts of it towards the end were were, were pretty touching. Okay, uh, Albert, what about you? What were your immediate reactions? Immediate reactions. I thought it was also pretty overrated and overhyped. Um, I guess I went into it with just too high of expectations. And I thought that the movie should have ended at a scene. I, I guess we're we're talking spoilers here, but it should yeah. have ended after the mahjong scene. I think the whole airplane scene what made it so cheesy and corny at the end. I, I understand that you know they want to end it on a positive note, but man, Constance, <laughs> if if she had slow played her, beaten her at mahjong, and then dropped the mic right there, I would have loved the movie. <laughs> The Mahjong scene was also my favorite, and you're right. The plane scene was a little cringy, uh, but I think it was necessary. Um, of course, I'm comparing this to the book. So the book, one of the reasons I hated it is the whole thing, like, you don't relate to any of the characters. Like, none of the characters are likable in the book, uh, in my opinion. And the book ends on a pretty much, they don't, get back together, nothing happens, and uh, so the Mahjong scene is just in the movie. That didn't happen in the book at all. Oh, uh, no. Yeah, and that was, you know, arguably the best scene of the movie, right? Uh, but what about what about you, Timmy? What was your favorite scene in the movie? I can't really think of a favorite scene. I, I would I'm probably Mahjong, because I like playing Mahjong. I haven't, haven't done it in a while. Albie, have you, have you broken out the, your, your set that I gave you? I played it maybe two years ago. Oh man, I miss Mahjong. So fun, but yeah, she had a huge win there. That's what that's what made it so awesome. Yeah, it was. Low that's what I man. always would try to go for and could never could never get when people <laughs> would pull out the the easy pong wins <laughs> like Michelle Yeoh was doing. And Michelle Yeoh was just ponging, and she thought she was so good. Come on. Yeah, yeah. So to explain, uh, actually, I think a lot of people, Asians included, did not fully understand that Mahjong scene, at least while they're watching it. Um, so it plays back to one of the first scenes in the movie where uh, Constance is talking about game theory in her economics class. And I think they're playing poker and she's kind of yep. teaching you how to read people and, and stuff like that. And so essentially in the Mahjong scene, she pulls uh, what's essentially uh, like a self win. Uh, so she would have won, but she decided to give it to her future, to Michelle Yeoh, um, Nick's, yeah, Nick's mom for the win. So she gave, she let her win essentially, and then pretty much waved it in her face or, or showed her uh, what she did. But yeah, which by the, by the way has is nothing like the po- the poker one, right? Yeah, it, I mean she she won and just gave her gave her the winning piece. It's, it has nothing to do with like game theory or poker where you're trying to read the opponent but alas well it is reading as in like she knew she was giving up the win right well i mean she she remembered the cards that michelle Yeoh was going for and what she was trying to do but i mean yeah. it's different in that she didn't like trick her or like bluff her way into anything which anyway that's just picking picking nits but i i was just gonna say you, you mentioned how like in the book you didn't relate to people i i felt that way in the movie too and i i realized this later that after talking um, with people who had read the book that, I mean, obviously when you have a book, you have more time to get into different characters. I feel yeah. like in the movie, there were like too many characters that I didn't care about because I only knew so little about them. Like, I, th- I feel like we were supposed to feel really bad for Astrid and I just didn't really care because she just didn't seem like an integral part to the story. 
um, I I understand she will be for the for the second movie, but uh, I feel like her and then some of the other like um, you know like family members I just didn't really know anything about or have an emotional connection to. Yeah. So Astrid, that is the number one reason why I hated the book. So Astrid, I knew they would make her kind of more badass, more of a likable uh, character in the movie, which which I think she, I think she played pretty well. Uh, in the book, uh, Michael, her husband, the text that he gets, it's like a. So at the end of the, at the end of the book, it's shown that uh, she tracks him down. He leaves her. She, she tracks him down, and uh, it turns out the whole thing was like a fake out. So he he wasn't having an affair, right? He faked the entire affair, and he just yeah. wanted her to have a reason to what? think he was cheating really? yeah yep. yeah, yeah. I read that. and and then she's in the book uh she responds to this by kind of begging for him back so Man, the book is first, terrible yeah the book is really really bad um <laughs> so Jeez. they definitely did that a lot better in the movie i actually really really enjoyed astrid's character um i i felt like um, it was the best line in the whole movie when, I, I mean, I can't, it's just paraphrasing at this point because it has been a few weeks, but when she was like, I can't teach you to be who you're not. I can't teach you to be a man or something like that. I was yeah, like, man, that right. is, that was cold. Like that was a really nice line and that was a drop the mic moment. Yeah. Um, I think there and then are, she walked away. Yeah. Yeah. I think there are conflicting um, thoughts about the mo- the second movie. Obviously, I-, I haven't done any reading about it, but you know the end of Crazy Rich Asians one with Astrid, and then you see Harry Shum Jr. at the end. Right. It, it makes you think that it's a- going to be about them two, but then in in the book, Mark, you can correct me if I'm wrong. The second book is really about Constance trying to find her dad, right? Or Ra- um, Ra- Rachel Chu. I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm. I'm definitely not going to read the rest of the books. Uh, the first one was bad <laughs> enough. But Harry Shum Jr., his character is called Charlie. And in the book, at least, uh, I think in the extra credit scene, it made it seem like they didn't know each other. Mm-hmm. But in the book, that's her ex-boyfriend. And he's the one who helps what? her track. He's the one who helps her track down Michael when he leaves. Uh, it's, it's ridiculous. Uh, yeah. Uh, so... We've kind of gone through this a little bit already, but what, in your opinion, was kind of the worst part of the movie? What was your least favorite part? Albert, we'll start with you. I mean, I, I hate to continue to harp on it, but I think the final scene when, when uh, what's-his-face, Henry Golding just, you know, runs onto the plane and does that whole whole thing. I thought, I mean, yeah, it's it's a happy, good moment, and it's a chick flick, so you're supposed to end positively, but I just, I don't know, I left a bad taste in my mouth. Um, yeah, I- yeah, I think ahead. Henry Golding Justin Jr. was like, or just in general, was a little too perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, j- just I feel like he did everything right, considering they're like a pretty new couple. But he seemed to know like exactly what she needed, like to give her time by herself, and for them to have you know time when they're getting away from the family in Singapore. Like he just like she got mad at him, and then immediately was fine with it. He he just seemed way too perfect for everything. <laughs> So in the book, I hated him because he didn't, well, I guess in the movie too, he didn't prepare her at, at all to meet his family. Uh, I thought that was way too naive of him, especially he should know his family better, know that they would 
kind of be coming after her, especially knowing her lack of a rich background. Uh, but my least favorite part of the movie was actually also my favorite part. So my favorite scene was the Mahjong scene, like we talked about. But my least favorite part was also the Mahjong scene because no mom, like, that would never work. Like, why would <laughs> why would she agree to, like, let her <laughs> marry her son just because she let him she let her win at Mahjong. Like that makes zero sense to me. I thought you were going to say that um, at the Mahjong scene, like what game uh, would just be like one person talking and then the other two, like the other two <laughs> players, like no one even notices them. The other two old Chinese ladies is like, come on, man. Like, um, I don't know. I thought she they, said something about how the other two ladies are, are either deaf or like don't speak or something like that. Uh, yeah, I think that was I the only Constance way to make that. it as least awkward as possible. But it was still a little weird. Like they're just there to fill up the two seats. I mean, I feel like if they were to play a game like that to determine the fate, it should have been poker. Like something where you could actually bet and like bluff each other and stuff like that. I feel like Mahjong was not the game for it. Yeah. But also, like, okay, so say that Mahjong scene happens, right? And say, um, you know, Nick's mom, like, she shouldn't, like, she doesn't give in and she still, you know, refuses to accept uh, Rachel as part of the family. Like, why, why wouldn't Nick, why would that matter to Nick? Like, in my mind, I'm like, that plays way too much into the stereotype of, kind of Asian stereotype of, you know, tiger mom and, you know, unassuming or very uh, compliant children. So I think that that was part of the whole deeper meaning. I know a lot of people, um, when they talk about this movie and analyze it, especially from an Asian American or Asian point of view, um, a lot of these strong female characters it's it's actually right. you know it's it's very prevalent in our culture right from the mom yeah. to the grandma to the great grandma like they really are the the decision makers they really are the ones that people look up to the most and when you know when nick's grandma at the end there basically disapproved of of constant or rachel chu it was like that that was probably the deepest moment in terms of in, for me in terms of like culture. Yeah, I was like, wow, for sure. that that was that was a good moment. And I, you're right. I think Michelle Yeoh's character may have pushed it a little too far, but I think it was all just part of the plan, right? Part of that whole moment at that end at the end. Yeah, no, for sure. I think they played the culture, um, really played that card pretty well, especially like you just mentioned with. Uh, Nick's mom and Nick's grandma. Um, so that's just like the book, uh, except in the book, they never come around. They don't play Mahjong and they never approve of Rachel. Um, but in the book, Nick says, F it. Like, yeah. I, and, you know. And even to take it a step further, not only the, you know, the tension or the angst between the mom and Rachel Chu or the grandma and Rachel Chu, but also you could see that it's it's generational, right? There was there was tension between the grandma and the mom themselves. Oh, um, true. And just because, you know, basically, I'm, I, I don't remember how they did this, but maybe Michelle Yeoh also went through the same type of moment. I don't, I don't remember, but 
Uh, yeah. You know, she went yeah, through she some of Yeah, she was never this, really accepted by the grandma. Yeah, exactly. So there's there's just tension. It just goes down from generation to generation. And and I think the the cool thing about this movie, and man, am I starting to like this movie? But I think the, I the, think so. The cool thing is, like, we're in 2018, and, and the world is changing, and now there's, you know, there's synergy between people. Sometimes it's a strong female. Sometimes they're Asian. Sometimes they're not. Like, I think... Um, you know, the deeper meaning is about, you know, the synergy and the collaboration of just people being together. I have a, I have a question. Do you guys think, like, I, I, it sounds like we have a lot of insights about this and we really identify with things like the Mahjong scene or like the parents and how their approval matters. Do you think that like non-Asian people feel the same way? Because my, one of my immediate reactions after the movie was like, oh, cool. I, I kind of feel that Asian people will like this movie, but I don't know if non-Asian people will really understand or care that much. I think non-Asian people do feel it too, but definitely not to the extent as Asian people or, you know, even, yeah, like Asian people. Um, with that being said, though, I think that they got a glimpse of, you know, some of the pressures that, you know, you and I or, you know, our sisters and our wives may be experiencing throughout their lives. Um, yeah. I also, I, I also don't think it's as hard as the Indian culture. I think that's way more tension centric if you will yeah it reminds me of the the big sick if you guys watch that movie uh, i haven't seen it yet i'd need to great movie i'll be yeah i mean and that's that's the pakistani culture but i mean uh, kind of a similar thing where it's way more tension and i feel like that type of movie i mean it's it's uh kamal and um you know it's kind of the, the real life story of him and his wife who's who's white i yeah. feel like that's a little more relatable because it's not just all Asian people yeah. or not just all one race. It's, it's more representative of like what the world is becoming today, like the melting pot that it is. Whereas like looking at this movie where it's just all Asian people, which is great, you know, cause in Hollywood that never happens. I kind of feel like I would have rather had a movie where, you know, there were many strong Asian leads, but also people of different races in the movie as well, just to balance it out and just to make it more realistic. Like, um, like things could be today. Yeah. I mean, I think with their cast and based on the story, the novel that it was based on, uh, this wasn't supposed to be like a re super relatable movie. Like it, they're crazy yeah. rich, you know? Um, and so like every scene is about, you know, them partying or, or living extravagantly, especially, you know, the bachelor party scenes and juxtaposed with the bachelorette scenes where it's just free stuff, free clothes on a private island or on a private yacht in the middle of oh, yeah. uh, international waters. I thought it was I thought it was kind of strange that the bachelorette party was like you mentioned it was like a private everything on a, a you know far random island and then they went so crazy about having like a little shopping spree over like some you know some dresses that they brought onto the island it just Seems so strange that they're that excited about that. <laughs> well, the dresses in that shop, it's, it's a boutique that only carries designer clothing. So all of those items were really, really expensive. Uh, okay, I guess that's cool. I, I don't know. Well, you know, <laughs> you know who really, like, we are talking about this movie, and I know he's going to be super excited about it because it, it was his favorite movie of the year, um, and it's Derek Shaw. He actually really, really loves the grandma and the, the mom scenes. Um, and so I do want to shout out Derek Shaw. Um, yes, I know sir. This, yeah, this is, it's a weird segue, but he is the presenting sponsor of this podcast. We kind of doing this episode for you, Derek. 
you do give out the best uh, discounts and, and knowledge and things like that in terms of insurance information. Derek Shaw is um, part of Farmers Insurance. You can reach him at 214-729-6462. That's 214-729-6462. I know a lot of my friends and listeners out there are, are buying houses or looking into buying houses. Derek Shaw would be really the, the best person to go to in terms of just getting information, whether you you know go with him or not. Timmy, you can vouch on that, but he's always there to provide the information and provide even better rates than him. So that's why we're such huge advocates of D. Shaw, and uh, we're continuing to to be that way. Definitely love Disha on this show. Uh, we talked about this a little earlier about how important the movie was. Uh, you know, this is the first movie in 25 years, almost to the date, uh, with a predominantly Asian cast or East Asian cast. Uh, the, the one previously was Joylet Club. And so let's talk a little bit about Asian representation in Hollywood. Uh, this is obviously an important movie for Asian representation, but I want to make the distinction like just because it's important movie doesn't mean it's a good movie. Would do you, how would you rank this movie overall just from a, you know, normal movie, you, you normally come out with like a ranking of whether it's good or not on a scale of like one to 10. How would you guys rank this on the good or bad scale? Rotten Tomatoes. I'd probably give it like a six. Six out of ten? Yeah. I, I don't I, I completely agree. Like I was mentioning earlier, like I, I feel like we you know, Asian Americans probably identify more and enjoy the movie more than probably the general population. And so yeah. I feel like it's important, but I, I don't think it was that great. So I I'll, I'll give it like a six, like a, a little above average. It's not like bad. There's there are way worse movies out there. Okay. What about you, uh, Albert? That's a pretty fair rating. Um, I would say, yeah, around six. I think if you wanted to add a, you know, a sentimental half point for, you know, being the first all all Asian cast. No, no, um, no half points. Yeah. No sense. No sentiment. Apparently. No, no sentiment. <laughs> yeah. So six. Um, but I I do want to make a point. There was a big fuss or a big deal made about Crazy Rich Asians justifiably um you know it's the first you know all asian casts even the director the writer john chu all you know it's all asians which is great like it's all about getting representation and just trying to to get balance basically but from an asian american standpoint is it a big deal that you know these main actors are not american they're actually british how do you guys feel about that i didn't really think about that at all constance isn't british right I think Constance no. is a ABC like us, but yeah, but like Henry, um, Gemma, like the big names. Yeah, are, yeah, yeah. They're all British. Mich- Michelle Yeoh's not American; she's Chinese. No, she's not at all. Yeah, I, I didn't really think about that as being an issue at all. I mean, I think it. You know, there aren't that many you know Asian American actors and actresses out mm-hmm. there that were going to be necessarily available for the parts and i think they probably wanted to get the accents a little more accurate in terms of like the <laughs> the singaporean or or kind of the hong kong accent so um i i didn't think that was a problem so my my next question to that um is do you think their personal lives make a difference into you know asian american representation or in hollywood or politics or whatever the conversation may be i bring that up because most of their significant others are not Asian. They're they're mostly Caucasian. Yeah. Hey, did you guys you guys want to hear a fun fact? 
Yeah, yeah definitely related to that. Uh, one of Sharon's old coworkers in uh, in in LA, um, his brother was dating Constance Wu. Oh, yeah. I mean, wow. this is before she was big. I think it was she had just started fresh off the boat. So I don't know if they're still together, but I'm I'm curious. Is uh, he, what, and what yes, race is he? he? Just wondering. He, he was a white guy. Oh, white guy? Okay. Yeah, I, that's that's a good question, though. Um, I think to me, going back to your question, Albert, like it doesn't matter to me in terms of representation. Yeah, I, I think it's just, we, we've talked about this pretty extensively in a separate chat, uh, me and you, Albert, with, with some of our friends. And uh, to me, I can't completely blame, I know there's a lot of talk about whitewashing or yellow face and all this stuff in Hollywood the past few decades. Uh, I can't really completely blame Hollywood. I, I just, for me, it, it comes down to like chicken or the egg, like which came first? Cause I feel like as a Asian culture, at least, you know, our generation, uh, we're all three of us, we're second generation. So our, our parents were the first to move to the States and then we were born here. Uh, but I feel like it's, kind of against our culture to begin with to to go into the arts to uh really seek out a a less established or shakier career in film or media uh would you guys not agree i agree with that i mean just from a you know career standpoint i think the asian culture especially second generation like you said and beyond they're just a lot more risk adverse right they they're like well if i become a you know in your in your example if i become a cpa i'm guaranteed this salary every year for the rest of my life but if i become a writer or a creative there's nothing that's guaranteed and so parents they don't really push us towards creative and liberal if you will type of professions yeah and so um i i definitely agree with that but i do think that that part is also changing and i think that's that's just the culture itself moving forward. I'm not saying for better or for worse, but just moving forward because of time and because we are becoming more westernized. Timmy, what about you? What do you think is kind of the root cause of that? As a culture, we're not kind of forcing or not encouraging our next generation to go in that route, or is it uh, Hollywood just kind of doesn't care and doesn't want us represented anyway? Uh, yeah, I I agree with you guys. It seems like it's a little bit of both, but um, I I think it's it you know a lot of it is more. No, I th I think it's I think it's both. I I don't think you can separate one from the other, and there it's definitely something innately that's that's true about the Asian American culture that can't really be fixed on its own. Um, yeah, I, I also just uh, looked up to make sure, but Constance Wu Constance Wu isn't dating that guy anymore. But anyway, <laughs> oh, totally different topic. Poor guy. Uh, Timmy's okay. always looking up the most important things. It's, real, it's very important to me. <laughs> uh, so, Albert, I know you got to see Searching, and I know I wanted to at least shout out that movie real quick with John Cho. Did Timmy, did you get a chance to watch that yet? No, I haven't, but I really want to. John Cho's the best. Okay, so uh, Albert, can you give us a really brief synopsis of, of the movie uh, without spoilers? Yeah, so just think Taken without the dad action. Okay, that's that sucks. Wait, what? <laughs> so it's not the action of it, it's the, dr the thriller and the drama behind it. So it's more psychological and not physical. 
okay. Okay, so as far as I know, John Cho is the lead actor in that in that movie, and are there a lot of other Asian actors in there? Um, I mean, for one, his daughter obviously is Asian. Okay. His wife obviously also is Asian. But other than that, um, I believe all the other characters from the students to the parents are all non-Asian. Okay. I think you've mentioned this before in a separate conversation, but... Would you rank Searching higher than Crazy Rich Asians as a movie? Definitely. Yeah, I would. I would rank Searching in maybe my you rank- top, in my maybe my top movie of 2018. Yeah, you ranked it higher than Mission Impossible. Yeah, whereas oh. Crazy Crazy Rich Asians, I don't think it's in my top ten. Okay. Yeah. So wow, ten of the year. <laughs> Wow, you watched 10 movies this year? It doesn't have to be new movies that came out in 2018, right? It could just be movies that I just watched in 2018. Oh, okay. For the first time. Yeah, Yeah. I guess. Okay. Uh, So on that note, that's a pretty good segue into my final question. So in terms of Asian representation in Hollywood, what is personally more important to both of you guys? Do you want Asians getting lead uh, Asians being portrayed as, you know, real Asians, kind of like Crazy Rich Asians, where, you know, there's more cultural background, there's more, uh, there's more cultural nuance, or do you want Asians just getting lead roles that technically anybody could play, something like a searching? Like, I don't think there's anything in that particular role or character that is particularly or specifically Asian. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Um, okay. But there... Because he is Asian, and because the daughter is Asian, there are a couple cultural identifications that come up. Yeah. Like, you know, um, one thing, and this is very stereotypical, but the daughter is a very good piano player. That's very okay. Asian, because, you know, he, I mean, she was taught from a very young age, and I think a lot of us were, were given that opportunity um, by our parents, right, just from a musical standpoint. Yeah. Yeah, so I asked this question with the preface of uh, saying that I also watched another kind of hyped in our Asian community movie this past year uh, with To All the Boys I've Loved Before on Netflix. And the girl on there is supposed to be half Asian as well as her two sisters. Um, And But the role technically... It's also based on a book, but I feel like the role could have been played by anybody. Like, there's nothing Asian about the movie other than that they drink the little yogurt drinks. Like, that. that's it. Um, so, again, we'll return to the question. Uh, Timmy, like, which one do you, do you think is personally more important from an Asian representation standpoint? Asians being I, portrayed as Asians or Asians just getting any lead roles? I definitely think just getting lead roles that can be portrayed by anybody because that's you know, if it's Asians portraying Asian people or somebody that's stereotypical, that's just feeding into the same stereotypes that it's been for, you know, this whole time. I've, I I want the, you know, John Cho in Selfie, where he's like the lead guy and he's, um, there's no reason why it, it needs to be an Asian character. I want like Randall Park as Asian Jim in The Office. How come he's just not Jim? Like, <laughs> I, that's that's what I want to see um, in the future. I'm excited for that, like to, to really see that happen in Hollywood. Okay. And to clarify real quick before I step to you, uh, Albert, like I don't mean being portrayed as stereotypical in a in a bad sense. I just mean, uh, you know, when you have a specifically Asian role, that's when you can bring in like the nuance of, for ex- instance, a mahjong scene, right? Like you can't have that 
seen in, in just a random movie. It has to be a movie about Asians with Asians um, yeah. for, for it to really work. But uh, Albert, what do you think? Yeah, that's, that's a very interesting question. And I don't know if I can answer it. I think the only thought that I have regarding it is I just want um, the movies to be natural. Like, I don't, I don't want yeah. characters, whether it, they're Asian, Black, White, Mexican, or cultures, or ethnicities, I just don't want it to be forced on me as a viewer, as a, as a consumer of content. Um, I just like it to be natural. So if I'm watching Spider-Man with Peter Parker, I don't understand why there's like seven Asians around him in a school, <laughs> because that's just not, it's just not reality, you know, yeah. like... I, I it'd be cool if there's one or two Asians, one or two black guys, one or two Mexicans, or what whatever. But I just want the the scenes and the storylines to be natural. So you just want a naturally good product. You don't necessarily. Yeah, like I'm not gonna like it more because there's an Asian guy. I'm not gonna hate it less because there there's an Asian guy. Okay. Yeah, that's a really good point. I feel like you're. Um somewhat in the minority for that on that spectrum at least and in a lot of ways uh, i think i told you this before but crazy rich asians and all the hype surrounding it it felt it did feel a whole lot like insanity did back in the day and i know uh me and you albert at least were very late to to get on that bandwagon uh, yeah. just because we i was you know, kind of the same with you. I wanted to make sure he was legit just as a basketball player uh, without the tag of an Asian first, if that makes sense. Yeah, and then I, I was, I completely agree with you, right? When, when Sanity first started, there was skepticism, skepticism on our end because is it because, you know, 90% of our friends are into it or is he a legitimate basketball player? And so when he started... You know, I don't know. He dropped like 25 on the Lakers in the Garden, hit the game winner in Toronto. Um, you know, that's when there was more proof in the pudding and, and there was more substance. And I mean, you, yeah. you, you, uh, you got on the boat way, be, way before even I did. And it took me a while. It took me years, to be honest. And now, years, really? Yeah, now, wow. like in the role that he was supposed to be in Brooklyn and hopefully this year in Charlotte, like I'm a big fan. Um, I think he's a legit player, and I, I follow him now, and, and it's not Wait, because... Wait, he's not on Charlotte? Or, who, he was on Charlotte two uh, years Atlanta, ago. He's Atlanta. Atlanta. He's on yeah, Atlanta. Atlanta, yeah. yeah. Um, but he I was like, good in Charlotte. But I like him because of the role he plays, not because he's Asian. To clarify, I the Laker game, where he, especially after he did that spin yeah. move in the lane on, on Derek Fisher, which he should have gotten an A1 for, but that's another story, uh, that was the... That was the game that won me over, and I think that was at least five games into Linsanity. It was a crazy month. It was a crazy year in sports. That was back-to-back with Tebow mania. Yeah, that's the peak of New York basketball, honestly, since um, I would say the 90s, the 90s Knicks-Bulls rivalries. No, they went to the finals in 99. I don't think Yeah, the lockout year, but no one really. The Spurs. No one one really remembers that year. It's really Linsanity. I just told you all about it. Ewing got hurt. Ewing theory is Alan Houston, Latrell Sprewell, LJ hitting the four pointer. Come on. Yeah, I guess that LJ four pointer was big. The elbow celebration. That's about all we could fit in today. Uh, we could obviously go much longer talking about the 
specific ins and outs of Asian representation in Hollywood and, and all that entails. But hopefully this is just the beginning of, of much more to come when it comes to that. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, no matter how we rate the movie, I think we can all agree that uh, it's a very important movie, uh, first and foremost, for uh, for Asian Americans or, or just Asians in Hollywood. So uh, props props to everyone involved in that. And uh, Albert, can you tell us a little bit about our main sponsor? I don't want for, to forget about Tasty Tales. I'm actually on their Instagram account right now. They have a post regarding Foodies at Night. Um, I briefly told, told you guys about this event coming up on October 27, 2018. Um, but if you go to the Tasty Tales Instagram account, that's just T-A-S-T-Y-T-A-I-L-S, Tasty Tales, one word, no space, no, no hyphen or anything like that. You can actually win four tickets and $20 to redeem at the Tasty Tales booth. All you got to do is like the photo, tag three friends on the photo, and follow Tasty Tales and Foodies at night. That's a really big event coming up, and the reason why I want to talk about it is you know, there'll be a lot of other vendors, a lot of other small restaurants, entrepreneurs, if you will, that will be there. It's a good opportunity for people to network. And it's just a good p opportunity for people to eat and, and drink together. Again, foodies at night. Go to Tasty Tales Instagram. If you can't do that, the restaurant does have Thirsty Thursdays every Thursday. Um, a lot of drink specials, a lot of food specials. And more importantly, they have Sunday Funday specials. Uh, with the NFL season in full swing, they have a bunch of beer specials that will show uh, all the games and especially the New Orleans Saints because they are from New Orleans. All right. Well, that's pretty much all we got for today. Uh, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Please give us a like and a follow on everything on Facebook, SoundCloud, Twitter. You can find us everywhere. And please, we'd love to hear your feedback on this one. Uh, we know this was a huge movie. Uh, pretty much everyone that we know saw it. So let us know your actions. Thanks.